from the Hill Country of Texas, this is One Radio Network. Good evening. This is One Radio Network. It's exactly 7 o'clock Central Time. One Radio Network, oneradionetwork.com. My name is Patrick Timpone. Thank you for joining us live on oneradionetwork.com. Maybe you're listening to this on a podcast. That's cool. If you are, just remember we broadcast live Monday through Friday, 7 to 8 p.m. And check out our premium portion of our website where you get over 125 past interviews of all kinds of things, mainly focusing on health. But we also focus on financial health. And tonight, on Wednesday night, we're going to be doing that each Wednesday evening, along with our Saturday show on KLBJ. My good friend and currency historian, 25 years in the business, and he's a nationally recognized expert on the U.S. monetary system. And he's in the uh, he's in New Jersey, right? The wonderful Garden State. The wonderful Garden State. Andrew Goss. Hi, Andrew. Hello there. You sound like you're right next door. Isn't that funny? I mean, it's just amazing how that works. So now we've talked about this for quite a while now, and finally, look at this. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, quality broadcast. At your desk in New Jersey. And there you are. And there I am in Dripping Springs, Texas. At your desk. And there you are listening on OneRadioNetwork.com. Now, we're pretty sure we can take calls tonight. We've been working on the kinks the last couple of days. And uh, we're flogging the tech the tech guys relentlessly. I know, man. They, we are really giving them hard. <laughs> Here's a phone number. It's eight 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 one net six eight 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 one net six. Or if you like to, the numeric eight 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 six six three six three eight six eight 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 six six three six three eight six. And what I'll do is I will uh, just put you on hold. While we're on the air, and if you're on hold, that means that you're going to be on the air fairly soon. So just kind of stay and listen to the program on hold. Listen to the program on hold, and then turn your computer down because there'll be a few second delay, and that will drive you crazy. Well, it'll be fun, Andrew, getting together weekly because it's almost divine providence because the way it is in the financial world these days. If you don't talk about it at least once a week, man, you're behind because things are really, really moving, aren't they? They're happening very fast. Yeah. And, you know, your concept and your dream of a, of a single source of information that is broadcast quality and worldwide, I think it's just awesome. You know, it's one thing to deliver the message to the people of uh, Austin, Texas, but then to take it like this around the world, I think it's going to be quite, quite stimulating. Yes, I mean, think about it. Someone in Australia or New Zealand could be listening right now if they know about it. I mean, Indeed. That's, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, we're going to spread the word, of course, within our existing uh, uh, database of customers. Because many, I mean, many, I think a lot of people have been asking for this for quite a while. So I'm, I'm glad that you finally stepped forth to deliver it. I know it's quite an undertaking. Well, I've done it with a lot of your help, and we appreciate it, sir. I, I, you know, the, the big thing on the, on, the, on the headline this hour tonight is $200 billion that the Federal Reserve System um, put into the system, they call it liquidity yep. to help the uh, to help the credit crunch. First off, uh, I heard no one say where that money comes from. Would you tell us? Well, <laughs> before we get to that, let's right. point let's point out that prior to 1980, this was illegal. Prior to 1980, right. what what happened in 1980? Well, the Monetary Decontrol Act. Uh-huh. You know, prior to 1980, the only time that the Federal Reserve, which this is something maybe m- m- a lot of people don't know, but they have the authority. To turn any debt instrument into money. So if you write, I owe you a billion dollars on a piece of paper and hand it to the Federal Reserve, 
they have the legal right, the monopoly legal right, to create that much money and give it to you. Uh, prior since, to, since 1980. Yeah, prior to 1980, see, they were only allowed to do that for a government debt, uh, specifically a government bond. Uh, so if the government wanted to borrow some money, they would create a bond. Right. And as part of the theory of putting the Federal Reserve into existence, you know, the, the fear was, well, what if we want to fight a big war and we come up with a, a couple of billion dollars worth of bonds and nobody wants to buy them? Well, then the Federal Reserve can turn them into money. They can monetize them. That's the phrase. And monetize a home, uh, a home mortgage or a car payment or a credit card, anything. Well, now they can. But prior to 1980, right. all they could okay. do was U.S. debt. So that's essentially what happened today. The Federal Reserve uh, put in a $200 billion pile of cash out there and told the banks that they could exchange any debt instrument for that $200 billion pile that met the you know typical standards, what they call AAA paper. Any so they just said we have an extra two hundred out here. If you have a mortgage that you'd like to trade in, uh, they they pay the uh, uh, just a percentage, and the bank gets uh, the the money and a hundred percent. Wow, a hundred percent. I mean, what bank? Why would face you, value? How could banks go out of business with that kind of? Stuff? Well, they can't. And this was the point. They were running each other over to get to that pile of money. And so now what happened is an instant liquidity within the market. So whereas the day before, and, you know, we were talking about this just last Saturday, where the banks were negative to their reserves. If you took all of the banks in the country and added them in one column and then uh, put their required reserves in the other column, it was negative. Remember? Yes, 17, yes. 18 billion dollars. So it and you said now, excuse me, that, that's, a, that's unprecedented in history, right? Indeed, yeah, yeah. indeed unprecedented. Yeah. And that was the result, as the Federal Reserve would explain, of what they provided as a term auction facility, $60 billion, $20 billion a week for the emergency weeks uh, in February. And then now it was followed up by a single $200 billion pile, all of that from the vast trove of Treasury bills that the Federal Reserve puts in its stack. Uh, you know, for years we've been telling people that the Federal Reserve, every time Congress writes IOU, a billion dollars, in the form of a deficit each year, they hand their, their bonds over to the Federal Reserve, which then create the money and loan it to the Congress. Well, over the years, the Federal Reserve has amassed quite a pile of United States Treasury bonds and bills, and it was from this pile that they allowed the banks to trade they're overdue or <laughs> not liquid paper for very liquid federal government paper. So now, uh, there, this is just a, a very like, legal and a tidy way to get $200 billion into the system. Quickly. Quickly. You offer it to banks, uh, and banks can then take any kind of paper that they have, a note from Patrick for $400,000 for his home or whatever, they, they ship it up to the Fed. The Fed sends them back 390000 whatever the number is. And then that, that way they get that money into the system. Now, Well, the Fed ships them back 400000 400000 It was a face-for-face -face exchange at My no discount. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, face for face. Now, the, the downside to you and I and all of us who use dollars is the money supply was then diluted $200 billion, And that, that's quite a hit. What's the total? Uh, what is it? Nineteen something now billion or trillion in the money I, supply? Actually, well, we can't count it anymore. They, yeah. It's very difficult to count because that's part of the funny argument. What's your best guess? What's money anyway? 
Um, well, something on the order of $13 trillion. I'm sorry. What did I get? 19? 13. 19, okay. but that's okay because okay. I'll tell you what. I saw a report just the other day. You know what the total derivatives uh, transactions well, are? Well, I was going to ask you about those because a, a listener emailed in and said, ask Andy about derivatives tonight. Yeah. So that was on my list. Well, You want to go there now? Well, we could. We could. You know, the fact is, last time we spoke about it, there was $97 trillion, and now they're over $500 trillion. When was that? Do you remember? Uh, four, four days ago. No, no, the the, the 90s, Oh, the ninety-seven yeah, trillion. Yeah, 97. Uh, I could check back. You know, well, we could. That's the nice thing about the archives. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I got to think it was. We spoke about it originally in '06. Uh, that was the time when City, I see, it was Ch- uh, Chase uh, had the biggest exposure uh, to the derivatives market. Uh-huh. Uh, now, uh, so uh, let's explain what a derivative is. Then we're going to take a call. Yeah, sure. I uh, agree to sell you a Treasury bond. Well. You know, this is a perfect example here. We'll break it down this way. Um, if I loan you money, if I sell you a bond, a $1,000 face value bond that yields 5%, and it's a 30-year bond, if tomorrow interest rates go to 4%, then my $1,000 face value bond is suddenly worth 1200 because it yields the same amount of money, you see? No. In other words, you're lending me 1000 yeah, but it's a thirty-year obligation or okay. twenty-year, a long obligation. So you let, you give me a thousand bucks, and I and I pay you over thirty years. And you lock in that you're going to pay me five percent. Five percent, okay. Then the next day, the Fed drops interest rates to four percent. All right. Now, if somebody new is writing a thousand-dollar bond, all that they would get is four percent. Right. So that means your thousand-dollar bond yields twenty percent more than the typical one. The, right? the note that you hold. Right. Right. So now it's worth 20% more than it was the day before. So the face value amount ah, of the bond okay, is worth 1200 bucks. It's worth more. It's suddenly worth 1200 bucks. Okay. okay. So now these Nobel laureates figured this out. So they said, look, we can borrow treasury bonds real cheap. So whenever we suspect that interest rates are going to go down, we'll go out there and put up $1,000, and instead of buying one bond, We'll put a 10% deposit on 10 bonds. So now we're going to buy $10,000 worth of bonds. That way, when they're worth 20% more, we've made $2,000. You understand? Yeah, yeah. We're multiplying. We're using leverage. This is the maneuver that causes a derivative to come into existence. It's okay to, to hedge risk like that if the person on the other end of the transaction, the guy who's agreeing to loan you the bonds... If he actually owns them, you know, a guy who has a bunch of treasury bonds and doesn't mind loaning them, he can create a derivative transaction. He can say, okay, I'll sell you the option to own these bonds for the next year for $10 or 10 cents on the dollar. And that's the derivatives market. It is the uh, the right to buy something in the future, not the thing itself, but the value is derived from the difference between what it's worth today and what it might be worth in the future. And, and why is that a danger to, to just society or the, the, the financial system? I mean, if it's $500 billion of those derivatives, is, aren't the only people that are going to get hurt are the people that are, are, that are betting this and are playing this game and not you and I? In theory. In theory, except that you know, we get that too-big-to-fail mentality going. Uh, take the case of uh, long-term capital management or the Amaranth Hedge Fund. Long-term capital management with a hedge fund that did exactly what we just s- described. And it was chock full of Nobel laureates on their board. You know, these were the 
PhDs in economics that said, this is what we should do. We should borrow a billion dollars and then use that borrowed billion dollars to buy $10 billion worth of bonds. Then when they go down, we'll make a cool $2 billion when interest rates go down. Interest rates went the other way. Mm. They went up. <laughs> so now not only did they cut short, they lost. They ended up losing 45 times what they had put up. And now they didn't have the money to cover, and so the people that had hedged the risk were going to lose their money and so on. So this uh, dominoes theory was used as a reason why, well, they're too big to fail. So the Federal Reserve banks came in and bailed out long-term capital management. And, uh-huh. and, and, oh, so and then that's where we lose because it's because our money. Exactly right. Oh, I see. Okay, that's where we lose. A, yeah, we're the Andrew Gosk, uh, 25-year currency historian. He's a nationally recognized expert on the U.S. monetary system. We're going to have an opportunity very, very soon to get all of Andrew's shows of uh, 2006 uh, that we aired on KLBJ, or 2007, read, rather, and also six on KLBJ, as well as all the current shows that we do weekly here, Wednesday 7 p.m. on OneRadioNetwork.com. Now, for those of you on hold, uh, uh, you just uh, hung up, so don't do that. If you want to be on, I don't have a call screener, so you're just going to have to, I'll put you on hold. You should be able to hear the programming on hold, and then I'll just pick it up when we're ready. But we'll take some calls at 888-663-6386, 888-663-6386. Or if you'd like to remember it easily, it's just... 888-1-NET-6, 888-1-NET-6 with uh, Andrew Goss. All right, um, so $200 billion went into the money supply yesterday because they just wanted to get more liquid. But can we say that the whole reason that we're in this weird economy, whatever we want to call it, uh, quote, recession, unquote, is that the Federal Reserve has been... um, creating money out of thin air, loaning it to people. And isn't that one of the main reasons why we're in this situation? And why is $200 billion more going to help? Well, exactly. Uh, $200 more will merely perpetuate the game, which is, this is the real key, is that the $200 billion, in my analogy, is musical chairs. The $200 billion keeps the music playing. And so whether it's, it's worth it or not, <laughs> from our perspective, to keep the system perpetuated, no doubt it's worth it from the perspective of those who are running the thing. They think uh, $200 billion is a small price to pay for continuing the game because the profits are enormous within the banking system. Oh, so it's just the idea of you just want to keep the, 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 the dance going, and what's a $200 billion if you got, you're talking $13 trillion out there? Yeah, what fun is a game of musical chairs if right. everyone's diving for the one chair? Right, you know? right. <laughs> it's just no fun. So much talk uh, this week about the price of oil and the price of food and all over the place. Mm. And it's so interesting because uh, no one really... Um, let me get this call. I'll put you on hold there, so stay on hold. No one really wants to... Even even the, the guys like Lou Dobbs, right. who claim they're, the, they're this independent and the, the, he's your guy and all that. You can't I talk mean, about it. No, yeah. but they don't, they, don't, they don't talk about the idea that, that uh, oil is really falling, I mean, rising against the dial, dollar, and eggs and milk are rising against the dollar. They're, they're, they're not rising in prices. I mean, oil's not going up in price. The dollar is, is losing value. Yeah, it's merely reflective. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's the dollar's the, just reflecting 
uh, what's happening in the in the markets. It's not driving anything at all. So 110 bucks a barrel today, right? Right, cheap, cheap, cheap. Mark my words now, cheap. Really? Do you think it's, it can it can do like 200? 150 by summertime is not off of my radar. 150 dollars a barrel by the middle of the summer. Yeah. I, I guess there's no incentive for anybody. You had mentioned long ago and often on the show, Andrew Goss, that. Um, uh, well, let's go ahead and take this call. Well, yeah. now they done. Now they hung up they again. Don hung up. Well, oh. it's our fault. We keep yakking. Okay, you know, I know, tell, but they got to tell people they can talk. They got to be a little. They got to be a little patient. All right, eight 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 six six three sixty three eighty six because it'd be fun. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Pick it up right yeah, away. We got it. We got it right away. Let's see if this works. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. You're on the air, and uh, where are you calling from? Uh, South Carolina. Uh, Andrew, can you hear him? I can hear him fine. South Carolina? How's it doing down in South Carolina? Well, it's kind of warm and wonderful. The spring is about to uh, launch its lovely self down here. How are you guys doing? Well, we're, we're this is our premier broadcast. Pretty exciting. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, well, premier with Andrew Goss. We've been doing the uh, the Internet show every night. Well, it's only for 10 days, so it's pretty premier. And what's well, your... I had a question for Andrew. Yes, sir. I, I was wondering, with this uh, fairly rapid increase, you know, not only, as you mentioned, in oil, but in gold, uh, does he expect that to continue, uh, particularly in gold? I mean, is this a time where, you know, should I start now accumulating and adding to gold, or is it a time that he thinks people should sell? And if he thinks gold might go higher, uh, is there any reason why? Hmm. Boy. Okay. <laughs> we'll start with the first one. I, I remember a stockbroker uh, telling me that I was supposed to average down. When uh, when I bought a stock for $100 and it went to 50 I'm supposed to buy twice as much at 50 <laughs> I don't know. I, that logic just kept escaping me. I much prefer to average up. You know, if I own something that I paid 600 for and now it's going to cost me 1000 I feel better about buying more, and particularly as it relates to gold, because... This is just the beginning. If you remember that period of 1977 to 80, it was a three-year stretch, and I called it in a previous newsletter the ultimate 70s retrograde. I think gold is, due, is destined to increase much higher. In fact, if you adjust it for inflation in 1980, its peak is somewhere around 2200 Wow. Just, just looking at the silly charts that, uh, that everybody likes to stare at. So I have no trouble with $2,000 gold, and in fact, uh, like a snowball rolling downhill, just on basic economic principles, it could reach 2,000. But in that mania, when people realize, you realize one person in 20 even invests in gold. And you, you have developing nations all over the world. So I think that the upside on gold is ultimately in five figures, particularly in light of the, of the situation with the federal government. Uncle Sam indeed cooks the books, and he's going to reduce the current dollar to a dime, in my opinion. Caller, you there? Yes. Oh, did you hear that? There's a delay between the uh, phone call sound and the speaker sound in the computer. Oh, no. oh yeah, 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 you have to turn down your computer, man. If you don't do that, you'll go wacko. That'll just drive you. You'll be like Lou Gehrig. Hello, hello, hello. I'd like to thank everyone. Did you turn well, that? I, I think I understand that the answer. Um, is there any particular way of buying gold that Andy suggests? Well, you know, this is the ultimate thing I, I fear. Uh People have been buying now electronic gold in the form of GLD and SLV. Uh, they don't even take physical possession of gold. And this is one of the no-nos, in my opinion. But then going even further, I note that gold, the bullion, is a commodities 
regulated item. So not only are there um, uh, implications as it relates to uh, income tax, uh, certainly there are uh, privacy okay, wait, issues. What do you mean gold bullion? Well, like, I mean like bars, just, yeah. yeah, just chunks. You know. Well, there's another there's another thing in that category, like maple leaves and Krugerrands, things that just sell for their gold value. Like if you called tomorrow and said you want to buy a hundred Krugerrands, well, you know, you could buy them for ten or fifteen dollars over the spot price, and, and and that's all you're paying for is the gold that's in the coin. I prefer numismatic coins, um, particularly American gold coins and silver coins. Uh, Coins that were minted when a dollar was a dollar. You know, the old silver dollars, the old $20 gold pieces. That's my baby. And in fact, I prefer portable wealth. And the more value I can pack into a small area, the better I like it. And uh, certainly some of the r- very rare American coins are easy, easy to store a life savings in a you know, 10 by 12, 10 inch by 12 inch box. And why do you like those? Uh, uh, you said before it's a private transaction when it's gold coins, uh, numismatic coins. Correct. And... Uh, and then what's the other advantage? Well, the main advantage, uh, I, I mean, I honestly can't see how the end of this doesn't come out with either a confiscation of gold or, at very least, restrictions on private ownership. Uh, Alan Greenspan has made such comments in his book, uh, Ayn Rand's book, Capitalism. He, in fact, said that. If there was anything else that was better than gold, it, that would have to be illegal, too. Uh, the fact is that eventually, I think the federal government will have to resort to outlawing the private ownership of gold. It's one of the tools in its bag. Well, can't they pro- uh, outlaw the coins as well? Well, no. Remember, they're legal tender. Oh, this okay. is lawful money we're talking about, according to the Constitution. So it's 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 a different animal from a, a Krugerrand or a bar of gold. This is something that's sold more for its monetary value, its legal tender status, and that's quite a, a marked difference. Okay, caller. Yes, I appreciate the answers. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hi, where are you calling from? Hello, you're on the air. Where are you calling from? Oh, lost them. Uh, 888-663-6386. Excuse any kind of technical difficulties that we may have. Uh, We're still working out the kinks on the phones, and uh, the phone company's uh, coming out in the morning and uh, give us some more juice because sometimes we think that they just drop off. But uh, we'll put you on hold when you call, 888 one net six and turn down your computer otherwise you'll just go wacky because there's a delay in the internet we're going over the internet 888-663-6386 we'll put you on hold and you'll be able to hear the program on hold and then we'll punch you up to show you the the beautiful thing about technology andrew goss i am in dripping springs texas (laughs) i am sitting here looking out the window beautiful hills and a creek and i have no uh, wires. This is going through the air. I have a wireless internet that goes up the hill that beams to a neighbor's house that beams somewhere else that uh, somehow gets uh, <laughs> through the internet and yeah. uh, and the quality is really good. Sixty four K. I mean, yeah. it's it's just amazing what what's and and we've just started, right? Indeed, we have. Where, where is it all going? Well, I think that uh, the ability for interactive education here is absolutely mind-boggling. Oh, when man. as I'm laying out what, what's essentially a lesson plan, you know, people who stick with us week on week and not and forgive me because it's not just in the money area, right? You're going to do the same thing in the health area. That's right. So we're talking uh, PhD level information in that arena. I I know your skills and talent and the people that you employ there. So my little 
segment of the world is very exciting, but I think yours is even more exciting as we get to to watch and, and listen and in real time uh, communicate with people all over the country and all over the world. I think that's remarkable. Yeah, it's just uh, great fun. And, you know, it's going to be not long when people will be driving down the street and be able to listen to this live broadcast on their car, right? I mean, that's not far on well, one radio network, right, on the Internet. Certainly, if you if you go to oneradionetwork.com, right, you're 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 able to download the podcast yes. and play it later, play it for your friends, listen to it whenever it's convenient for you. And I think this is the difference between broadcasting and this very narrow point casting. The things that interest you uh, and the areas of of communication that interest you are the ones you'll listen to, and you don't have to listen to the rest. And you can download them, or just uh, put them in your MP3, or download them, burn a CD. Or if you'd like to sit at your computer with a cup of coffee, you can do that as well. Mm, fabulous, and, fabulous. Andrew Goss, he's a 25-year currency historian, and he is a regular on our show on our KLBJ Saturday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Saturday, uh, every Saturday evening. And he's been at this uh, quite a long time. Two books, Secret Wall of Money, and Uncle Sam Cooks the Books. Tell folks how they can get your books and, and also contact you. and. And you do buy and sell gold coins for a living. We should tell people that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that is my thing. If you have old $20 gold pieces, you know, 10, 100, even 10,000 of them, I don't have to have your social security number. I, you know, this is a very clean and easy transaction. And if you're uh, in a position where you might need the money, uh, we are apt to buy $1, $2.5, $5, $10, gold pieces, silver dollars, half dollars. The rarer, the better. I still have a standing order for an 1870 San Francisco Mint, $3 gold piece. I know there's one somewhere out there. <laughs> the Mint Records show one was struck. Uh, I'd love to see another. Uh, certainly, that's a coin that's approaching mid-five figures. What do you say we, uh, excuse me, what do you say we set a record tonight? I'm going to offer uh, $8 million for eight, that coin. $8, eight million. million. <laughs> that's a new world record. Uh, the coin definitely exists, $8 million, if you have a 70S $3 gold piece. And the ironic part of it is I'll have it sold in 24 hours and would be looking to buy another one the next day. 70S $3 gold piece. Yes, sir. Holy camole. Or a $4 gold piece if you're fortunate enough uh, to have uh, been in- inherited one of the one of the less than 200 $4 gold pieces that were struck in the 1880s. Uh, current bid on those has exceeded a quarter of a million dollars now for a little $4 gold piece. Wow. $250,000. Let's take this call. Hi, where are you calling from? Hi. Well, I'm calling from Denver, Colorado. Okay, you have to turn and, down your computer, otherwise you're going to get real confused. All right, sweetie? Okay, I don't know how to do this. Uh, well, that's all right. Just stay away from the computer thing. So just listen to the phone. Go ahead. Okay. And thanks I for just, calling from Denver, by the way. Okay. Well, I'm um, Andrew is the guy I buy my gold from. Oh, really? And I trust him. Oh. And I'm trying to listen to him because I trust what he says. Oh, that's, well, that's so sweet. That's nice. <laughs> I trust him too. Yeah. So that was what I want to say. Well, oh, well thanks thank for calling. Yeah. Okay. Nice to know we're out there. See North Carolina and De- uh, Denver already tonight. Yep. That's pretty exciting, huh? Well, yeah, I did send an email to some of my favorite people. Oh, you know. did. I let them know you're on tonight. That's right. All right, folks. Andrew's going to be on every Wednesday, every Wednesday, seven to eight p.m. Central Time on One Radio Network. Please tell all your friends and, and forward forward the email. Now, uh, Andrew, uh, you have said many times uh, over the years that we've been doing the show on KLBJ that it really doesn't matter whether it is Republican or Democrat. Uh, you had said on past shows that the only real person 
in this game this year is Ron Paul, and he looks like he's not going to be the Republican nominee. Hmm. Um, so what's a fellow to do if, uh, as my friend Richard Mayberry says, if you vote Democrat, you get uh, socialism and wars, and if you vote Republican, you get wars and socialism. Uh, <laughs> I love that, don't you? That's a good line. That's, that's a good line, right, yeah. Richard Mayberry? Yeah. Um, so what is a fellow to do? I mean, what, do, you, do you believe that it does, does it make any difference whether it's a McCain, Obama, or Clinton when it comes to the value of our dollar, which you have said is the only thing that matters? No, indeed, it's, it, it isn't. In fact, the way that the system is structured, the real decisions are made at the primary level, obviously. And so by controlling the outcome of the primary, uh, those that control the Federal Reserve System are able to f- hand-feed us a couple of candidates that it seems as though we have a choice, but in reality, they're both the same thing. Well, let's talk about how that happens first, and then we'll continue. How does that happen, that you say, control the p- people? Well, I don't know if you caught the primary that just occurred, where you had 11 people up there uh, giving their message and an absolute censorship on any information if you followed Ron Paul throughout this primary yes, campaign, I did. Yes, it was amazing to me when he was with Carlton Carlson. Well, who is that guy? Excuse me, um, oh, Anderson Cooper. Cooper yes. Anderson, yeah, Anderson, Anderson Cooper, Cooper at the Reagan Library. I was anxious to see that debate, right? And he just kept cutting him off and you know stopping him and telling him, oh, "We'll come back to that, so you can answer that," and just absolutely putting the brakes on any cogent discussion about Dr. Paul's issues, right? And then up here in the Northeast, in New York City, particularly when the when the New York Post would run the you know who ran who's running and how they're doing, never a mention. He never got the little box with the check mark or nothing. It was like he doesn't exist. He couldn't speak anytime anything he said that was you know of any substance was not quoted in the paper. Now, a perfect example here in Bergen County, we had a straw poll where the people voted who it was going to be, and Senator John McCain sent. Uh, a surrogate speaker in the in the form of John Warner, and of course we had a, a Murray Saber and a, a professor from the college over here who was speaking for Ron Paul. Ron Paul trounced the opposition. He got seventy eighty five percent of the vote, eighty five percent of the vote from mm-hmm. that straw poll. And the headline in the New York uh, newspaper the following day was Warner stumps for McCain. Wow. That was the coverage that they gave the fact that, you know, Ron Paul had 85% of the coverage. Yeah. So it is that sort of uh, of censorship that allows them to steer the message away, uh, combined with a little disinformation. Then you get on the other side of it, which is the candidates that you want to talk about make front page, they get the interviews, they talk, 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 people get to listen to their message, and the, the local county organizations carry the water for the for the frontline candidates, the ones that they're told, you know, right down the line from the state chairman up to the national chairman, these are the guys that are legitimate, you know, pick one of these guys. And by the time it gets to the primary, all of the dissent, all of the voices of opposition are squelched out, and we're given a choice of, you know, four, five, six vanilla guys that will all keep the same basic structure. And then they can play around in the sandbox all they want, as long as they don't mess with the same basic structure, uh-huh. income tax, central bank, uh, regulation. And, and here in Hawthorne, i got to tell you, there's a law, I swear this is the law, that you, ha- you, you can't post a sign on your own property endorsing your candidate. You can't. You can't. You're not allowed. They they have a, a window. That's it. You could put it out there, and then that's it. After that, you have to take it down. That's very interesting. Wow. Well, 
I put mine and left mine defiantly in the yard, and and we're fighting this. This uh, this is really the the key to what people can do, and that is, don't sit down, don't let them push you around. Please stand up and demand that your rights not be ignored. That's what you can do. We did a show last night with Desi Andrews, who's an ex- expert on the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, mm. and we were reading some of the Declaration of Independence, and I tell you, it is just. Uh, you know, every time you read some of those lines, it's it's amazing uh, how much you see that it's just terribly important that we, we do speak up and we do hold our ground mm. because it is our duty, our sacred honor right. to, to protect other people and to protect our friends, right? And to remind our politicians, you know, each of the members of this city council who passed this ordinance and the mayor who's enforcing the ordinance held their right hand up and said, I swear... To uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. They, mm. they swore an oath. And I think it's very appropriate that these men and women are forced to take that oath because ultimately that's the only thing that they should care about. Patrick Timpoli, this is Michael Badnarik. Mad- Michael Badnarik, you're on the air on One Radio Network with Andrew Goss. Well, that was just the man I was hoping to talk to. Oh, well, I'm, how'd you know to listen, Michael? I, I just got lucky. Ah, you got lucky. Michael Badnarik, for those of you who don't know Michael, he teaches the Constitution class in, in town. He also does a show on, uh, what's the station, Michael? Uh, WTPRN.com. W- WTPRN.com. And Michael was the Libertarian candidate for Presidento in, uh, what, 2006, right? 2004. 2004. Yeah. Michael, uh, Andy Goss. Go ahead, Michael. What can we yeah. do? Yeah. I wanted to uh, find out what his uh, feelings were on uh, gold and silver. Is this a good time to get into it? And uh, should my, you know, should I talk to my friends and get them out of the stock market and get them to invest in uh, precious metals? Well, you know, Michael, the stock market went up four hundred points yesterday. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what's well? First off, uh, Andrew. Nine hundred eighty bucks. Is it still okay to get in now? Oh goodness, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. In fact, if you look at some of the uh, numismatic coins we were talking about, particularly like the twenty dollars Saint Gaudens, twenty dollars Saint Gaudens in Mint State sixty four is still about thirty percent under its all time high. And and let's not ignore silver either. You know, silver's still trading at about a third of its all time high, and none of that's inflation adjusted. So yeah, I think there's still plenty of room here. No time to. So that's for sure. Michael, if you just tuned in, Andrew said that he, he thinks gold could go to where someday soon? Two, yeah, 2000 2000 bucks. Yeah. How soon? Well, I mean, certainly you're going to see a very rugged summer here as we dole out this $200 billion stimulus package for the banks and then the $160 billion for America's consumers. I think that money is going to instantly come into play. Uh, so you're going to see rampant inflation all through the next three months. Uh, $980 gold is just the beginning. So so the gold is going up because of inflation, but is it not also going up with people like Michael that maybe will buy some gold, or th- that that drives it up too, huh? Indeed. I don't even factor those supply and demand equations in because of the um, shenanigans, let's call them. If you want to check out gata.org, G-A-T-A dot org, and the wonderful work of Bill Murphy over there, uh, they all explain to you that utilizing options and contracts, I mean, look at the silver alone, you have eight market players that are short 300 million ounces of silver. 
300 million. million. They're selling it short, betting it's going to go down. That's right. The commitment of traders. Well, more importantly, not so much betting that it's going to go down, but just like the $200 billion stimulus package will restart the economy, uh, a $300 million short position will suppress the price of silver so that it doesn't appear to jump up all at once. You know, we've crept up here to $20, just like gold has crept up to $980. If the truth be told, it should be shooting up $50, 70 and $100 at a time. So by moderating the amount of the increase, they can really take some of the steam off of the rally, and folks really don't notice. They That's don't part of the it. plunge protection team? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, uh, Michael asked about the stock market. I mean, uh, it's... Uh, do you do you have any money in equity, if I can ask? Who, Equities? me? Yeah. Oh, I do. In fact, uh, 401k money and IRA money, which this is the only money that I recommend in the stock market. And I would just look to things like uh, USO, which is the uh, tracking index for oil, or uh, SLV, which is the tracking index for silver, or uh, GLD, which is the tracking index for gold. Any one of those three uh, uh, index funds in your IRA will at least allow you to take advantage of the rise in those metals without uh, uh, being part of the brutality that's going to exist, I think, in the traditional equities, especially the old industrials. Michael B.? Thanks. Thanks. That was just the information I wanted. Well, thank you for calling. We'll talk real soon, partner, okay? Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Michael Badnark. Uh, hi, go ahead. Where are you calling from? Florida. Florida. Hi, welcome to uh, One Radio Network. Andrew Goss, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how are you? We're good. We're good. Thank you. Good. Excellent. Um, I just had a question. I'm in my mid-30s. I kind of have been building my 401k, and uh, you know, I'm just worried about the future with the dollar dropping. Is my money going to be worth, you know, the same by the time I take it out, by the time I retire? And uh, just wonder if I should take some of it and put it into gold or start building up slowly. I, I really don't know. Well, okay. caller, you asked a very good question. Uh, the show we did the last week on KLBJ, we were talking about just how much it's going to take to retire. And Andrew said, well, because of the, uh, you know, the, the, to be able to uh, create more dollars and taxes, you don't really know that number. Right, right, Andrew? Yeah, therein lies the problem. Uh, we, since we don't know what a dollar is going to be worth, we really just need something that's going to track it. And so for most people with 401ks, uh, the recommendations I made to Mr. Bednarik there would be the same thing. You want to stick with equities that deal with uh, tangibles. And I love the idea of investing money outside of your 401k in gold and silver coins that you keep in your possession as the ultimate insurance policy against the whole thing unwinding badly. So uh, okay. that's that's something you should do. If you have extra money, uh, buy yourself a gold coin. Give us a call at the 800 number. It's 800-468-2646. And uh, tell them you want to buy some gold. They'll help you out. Okay. Thank that, you. So should I take some of my 401 or, you know, See, you know, I was thinking also about, you know, taking a little bit per month and buying some small gold coins. I mean, is that going to be the same or should i save up all, all you know and then buy more rare gold coins well the problem with taking money out of your 401k is that they're going to hit you with a big penalty plus these are pre-tax dollars so at work you earn a dollar you get to take the whole dollar and put it into your 401k and let it start working if you pulled it out of your 401k and had to pay 10 cents or 15 cents in penalty and then take it in income that year it would end up costing you 25 cents or more on every dollar that you withdraw. So unless you're going to make up 25% outside of it, it's not really worth it. So it's very hard for me, even though I know gold is going up, to tell you to take that hit. 
What I say instead is if you can buy a gold tracking fund or something within your 401k or your IRA that will insulate you against this inflation, well, then that's a, a good little so, uh, side dish for your rare gold coins that, you yes, you should be buying every month. So a gold tracking fund caller is a, is, a, is a product called like GLD or SLV, which is actually an equity, a stock that is tied to the price of gold and silver, and you can put right in your 401ks or your, and your IWAs. Exactly. Yeah, the, caller, the caller also asks whether or not it would be a good idea to... <coughs> excuse me, I just scoffed. A good idea to take money a little bit every month, buy some gold coins, or yeah. to save up and buy, like, you know, really valuable ones. Well, I like, yeah. bo- I like both ways, yeah. Because yeah, if I could take, you know, let's say you know, 150 or 200 a month and buy small coins, I mean, would that pay off in, let's say, 10 years? Or, you know, if I buy a really rare coin that, you know, there's only one of or something, or, or, or maybe better investment that way, it may not be as much gold, but it could be worth more. I don't know, you know, that kind of area there. Well, yeah, it, my advice there is simply this. Uh, if you're going to buy a, a rare coin, never let the person that's selling it to you also be the one that's going to grade it or certify it. So you want to make sure you get that done independently. And then second, you want to make sure that the coin you're buying is really rare. You know, try to find out how many were made. And if you can truly buy a rare coin and save the money to do it, it's a wonderful thing. But let's look at your strategy, though, of, well, I'm, I'm going to wait until I save up enough money to buy a rare coin. You're much better off in that instance to buy the smaller, uh, easy, more easily affordable coins. And then once you, because they grow the whole time you're accumulating them, and once you've accumulated a certain quantity of those, then you can trade those for a rare coin. Oh, you can just trade them in. Uh, exactly, exactly. And so, that's it. That works. Yeah. And, and then, then then that way, um, gold goes up to 1500 uh, or something, then you've, you've made a, you know, you, you've, been, you've been earning income as you go, right? I can't, I can't tell you. Some of my, my biggest customers started out very small just like that. You know, each month they'd spend $1,000 or something and buy uh, a little $2.5 or $5 gold pieces until they built up enough of them to trade for a, a rarer or bigger coin. And it works right. It works great. Thanks for calling and tell your friends about the show here every night, okay? Yeah, I will. I have one more question. Yeah, go ahead. If I can. Do you still have time? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if I were to purchase a, a larger coin, say put it on my credit card or, you know, be able to pay that off every month, you know, even though I'm paying some interest on that, is, would that be a better deal? I mean, gold is going up. Right. You know, I, yeah, I don't it, know. Is that well? Now you have said it. Would you would you consider this a wise way to use credit? This is a man after my own heart, right yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, because this is like <laughs> this is the only sensible way to use credit. The only way to buy yeah. something that's going to appreciate in value. Yeah, especially if it'll reduce the temptation. You'll look at your credit card bill and say, "Oh, I can't spend any money on a new couch." Or, you know, I can't buy that new record album or whatever it is that people buy these days. Uh, for me, right. I'm, I'm a nut, you know, so I'll use my credit, uh, maximize it, and use that to buy gold coins because, for me, I'm much better off having gold coins than I am credit available on my credit card. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I'll definitely give you a call. All right. Great. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Hi. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Bill in the far distant San Marcos. Oh, San Marcos, Texas. Hi, Bill. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Go ahead. You're on. You're on one radio network. Great. Uh, you better turn. Work. You better uh, turn down your computer, otherwise you're gonna. You'll get a. You can, there's a big. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's no problem. About a four um, second delay. Okay. Is GLD and SLV the only way to put gold or silver into an IRA? 
um, no, actually, there are um, there are custodian programs. In fact, the um, American Church Trust uh, operates a custodian program. It's a lot more complicated, though. Uh, in that instance, you have to actually buy uh, American Eagle uh, gold coins, and then you send them. Well, actually, you're not even allowed to touch them. They have to go straight from the person you buy them from, someone like me, to the custodian. Then he accepts delivery of them and charges you annually for storing them. Uh, and unfortunately, that expense at the moment is, is rather high. But that is an option where you get a, a segregated third party. Uh, one of the things people don't like about GLD or SLV is that it's still electronic. <laughs> yeah. Although it represents uh, allegedly physical gold, they argue that there's room for shenanigans. And in this type of arrangement, there isn't. You have a trustee and a custodian that are both um, looking at the actual coins in their vaults, and that eliminates the possibility that you might get caught in some type of a unable-to-pay situation. Okay. How about buying bags of junk silver outside of the IRA? I love that. That's one of my favorite things. You know, is uh, uh, the standard silver dollar is point seven seven three four ounces of silver, and you can buy them for around seventeen bucks right now. Okay. Uh, the, the quarters, dimes, and halves that were minted before 1964, if you look at a silver half dollar, 0.36169 ounces of silver, you can buy them at $7.50. And that's essentially their silver content. So hey, where do you, that's sorry, a great where do you go to buy junk silver? Oh, give like me a that. call. Yeah, I, I, I ship it out of here in bags every day. Uh, the <laughs> Com Comex is right inside New York City there. And, you know, you can buy today, I think, the current bid on a bag of 90% silver is uh, fourteen three with offer somewhere up around fourteen nine. Where do you see silver going in say a year? Sixty bucks. Sixty bucks. Yeah. How, how about transport charges to get it from you to me? Well, you know, I love this new flat rate box they have at the post it. office. It's, okay, it's like good. eighteen bucks, and I ship sure. it. It's you know, it's a wonderful thing until they figure that out. There, it's a good deal. Cool. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good, good, hey, good, good, good deal. Patrick. Oh, good thanks show. for listening. Please tell your mm -hmm. friends. 888-1-NET-6. Just let the phone ring. We'll answer live on the air. We're brave. 888-1-NET-6. Andrew's going to be here every uh, Wednesday between 7 and 8 o'clock. KLBJ, we're here on uh, the last Saturday of the month. And, Andrew, beginning April 5th, we have some exciting stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are going to be broadcasting on shortwave worldwide between 4 and 6 p.m. Central Time every Saturday just before our KLBJ show. Right. Yeah, and that's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll try to do simulcast eventually. Oh, yeah, boy, we'll, get it, all, just, we'll yeah. get it all together. Yes, indeed. And where we're going with this, folks, we're going to build this uh, this this product, this brand, The Real World of Money, as a nationwide talk show on 500 radio stations or 600 radio stations. You might as well go for it, right, Andy? Absolutely. 600 radio stations, and that's where it's really going because this kind of information is so crucial. Uh, it, like I liken this to what we do in health. That if you don't really understand how it all works, and that's what we keep looking at with health, why is this happening? How what's causing allergies? You know what's in the vaccines? You know we're always asking why, 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 looking at the trying to find the truth. If you do this with money, uh, and I've Andy's helped me do it over the last uh, ten years, it gets less and less spookier. And then you can make better and better decisions, huh, Andy? Absolutely right. You know, t the caller that just called in is a perfect example. You can look back in the archives of those KLBJ tapes and hear me screaming at the top of my lungs for people to buy bags of 90% silver at 2800 Oh, yeah. I mean, at 3000 at 3200 And so now at 14000 uh they certainly have taken care of your financial health. Now, maybe it's not a Google 
you know, maybe you didn't do a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand to one, but it kept you up with inflation, and that's really what you have to do in order to uh, uh, really <laughs> retire comfortably. Well, I guess what really begs the question now is, what's the chance of gold gold going from nine eighty? To 500 in the next two months. Well, you know, this is a possibility. So this is something that I keep an eye on as well. And just as as uh, critically as I suggest we buy, I'm not afraid to say sell. You know, I'm like Duke and Duke, uh, if you remember the brokers there. Whether we buy or sell, we still make the commission. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid to say sell. It, it doesn't matter to me in terms of volume. What does matter is in terms of client reputation. You know, I want my customers to know that, I'm going to tell them to get out when I'm getting out, and that's really the only thing you can ask for. So what, would, I, what would cause gold to go to $500 in six months? Well, let's assume that the Federal Reserve was nationalized, and the profits that stemmed from the nation's seniorage stayed in the Treasury of the United States. Well, with $500 billion a year in annual savings, they would have absolutely no reason to run additional deficits. In fact, we'd quickly go into a surplus, we'd start paying off the national debt, and within a 10-year period, gold would be well under 500. Uh, in fact, you'd probably see gold back in the 250 to 280 range. So you're speaking of the idea of just cutting the Federal Reserve out yeah. of the deal, right. the United States just printing U.S. notes. Yep. The worst thing there is just inflating the money supply. You take out the middleman, we don't know, uh, you know, but what's the chance of that happening uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 with 10 being most confident? negative four (laughs) we got rid of the only guy that was even talking about doing that yeah Yeah. well that's the thing before we wrap up here let let make make the argument and when when i really got my arms around this over the last year of why you believe that this money supply is going to be going up tremendously even from the 13 trillion because of medicare medicaid social security uh funding the wars, installing democracies. Talk about that a little bit. That's really where where the big uh, inflation is going to come from of the money supply, huh? Indeed. I can explain it to a plumber, you know, because they'll understand. Now, the reality is that we made this huge storage tank. It started in 1986 with the Greenspan Commission. We convinced Americans to increase their payroll taxes and take 15% of America's paycheck for 20 years and put it into a fund. That money was promptly taken and spent on other things, which it shouldn't have been, but it was. So now you have a $2 trillion hole in the Social Security Trust Fund. The only place that the money can come from, there are IOUs there, the only place that that money can come from, however, is from the Treasury. And since that's going to increase the amount coming from the Treasury, there's not going to be enough money to cover the rest of the expenses in the federal budget. So the borrowing in the budget deficit has to be on the order of 300 to 500 billion dollars a year for the next 5 years. Mm. If you just add, add that up, that's one and a half to 2 trillion dollars. Now, forced to fund that one and a half to 2 trillion dollars from the existing supply of money would set in motion what had started before Mr. Bernanke took office. The raising of interest rates, the bidding up of money, money becomes dear, it's difficult to get because so much of it is needed. The federal government, in fact, crowds out every other commercial borrower in its attempt to borrow $500 billion a year out of the money supply. So the expedient of creating that $500 billion and putting it into circulation is the only politically feasible solution. If they don't do that, then they run the risk of crashing the entire bus, which is something that I don't think they will do. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe they will instead 
slowly and surely inflate the money for five more years until we reach that magical 2012 when this peak of retirees will have passed. Uh, and that is when the real, the real uh, danger exists in that window from 2011 to 2013. You're kidding me. No, that is it, yeah. Isn't that interesting how that kind of coincides with this whole prophetic kind of thing of the 2012, which I'm sure you know about? Oh, with the Mayan calendar? All that, yeah, yeah. the Mayan, the Hopis, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there's more than, there's like five, or, there's a lot of them. Well, if I was a budget actuary, I would suggest <laughs> that the people in charge of borrowing the money believe it, because, yeah, yeah. you know, they've made it so that that period is going to be the most financially tumultuous in American history. And in fact, I see things as draconian as means testing as a wealth tax, uh-huh. you know, means testing. How much did you put away? Great. You don't need Social Security. You don't need Medicare, Medicaid. Or how much money do you have? Great. Here's a 1% tax on that total. And then the next year, you still have money? Well, we'll take another 1% of that total. Yeah. So just a tax for having money. Uh, and that is hand-in-hand hand with this new electronic system. Yeah. So that's the, that's my reasoning. And, and when you look at the nature of money, and 96% now of everything we call money is just a blip on a computer screen. You can see we're heading there at a breakneck pace. So, so this is why Andrew makes the point, and obviously this is not a show about selling gold coins because that's just what he does for a living, but he makes the point about using the, your dollars and you know earning more Federal Reserve notes and buying things that are going to appreciate in value. Andrew, such as? Oh, absolutely. Well, like that caller in Florida... If you don't have a house, uh, eat peanut butter and go buy a house. <laughs> you know, that's really to do. You have to take advantage of the market when it, whenever these tangible cycles come around. And certainly as it exists in real estate right now, this is a perfect time uh, to get involved. And uh, artwork and all kinds of... Art, uh, antiques, jewelry, old automobiles. Old automobiles, they really Collector are, guitars. They hold uh, value, know. right? I like all that. So all you, that tangible material. So you're still bullish on real estate right now? Indeed, I am. I no. think there are some great values out there. In fact, next week when the Federal Reserve lowers interest rates, uh, that's the last trigger, which puts everybody right back where we were before they started raising right. interest rates. And then uh, you'll see a wave of refinancings. You'll see homes on sale now because money will be 10% cheaper. Uh, so that means houses will be 10% cheaper. Remember, Americans don't care how much the house costs. All they care is how much down... And how much a month? Yeah. And if it's uh, you know low down and low a month, uh, and right now especially with uh, with all the nonsense going on, uh, I think there are some great buys out there. But it's a very small window. You're not going to see this window for a very long time. Are there more shoes to drop on this whole credit thing? I mean, oh there, indeed, is there oh, more indeed. coming down the ball? Oh. Coming? I mean, because it keeps happening every day. Oh, More indeed. Something. There are some very ugly things out there. In fact, I would really? like the details on how we got to that negative $17 billion in the reserves. They won't identify the individual banks, but I suspect one or two of those big banks, way too big to fail, uh, find themselves upside down right now, and uh, that means they're worth negative money. So in theory, they should be closed right now. Uh, this is the thing that I worry about, uh, bank panic, you know, the, the fear that people have when they mm-hmm. run to the bank and withdraw their money. Well, that's another thing that's really not calculated into any of this when you talk about the value of the dollar. That's right. Are things like fear and, you know, uh, earth changes. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the, all of that's wild card. All that know, wild card yeah. stuff, right? And, right, and, absolutely. And, and terrorist attacks and blah, blah, blah. Indeed. Yeah. And those things all are into the mix, which makes it into very, very interesting times. For Indeed. Sure. And, and if we're going to continue to prosecute this war, it's unconstitutional war in my view. Uh, not that I'm morally opposed to war, mind you. <laughs> 
But Congress didn't declare war, so there's no war as far as I'm concerned. Uh. And if Congress wants to attack somebody, then let them you know, vote a resolution and follow the Constitution. Uh, if they don't, then they, they, they've abrogated their oath. <laughs> Here we go again. So simply, uh, if we're going to continue on that path of allowing these types of incursions, then we're going to have to pay for it. And it's quite expensive. Now, I know that we've been diverting the oil revenues of Iraq into the New York money markets where they didn't exist before, and that's the justification for the expense. But we're reaching a point of diminishing returns there. They're not going to be able to increase production enough to to flood the market with oil as as they should. So we really ought to really consider how much more we're going to spend. I unfortunately fear that uh, you know we're going to spend upwards of $2.5 trillion before we ever get close to pulling out of there. And that's going to add to our deficit as well. And for what it's worth, I I, I suspect that Afghanistan and Pakistan is really, really, really where the bad news is coming. Indeed. Uh, Because that's very spooky territory over there. Sure is. Andrew, we're out of time. Uh, Thank you so much. We had a few little glitches, but we did good. Thank you all for calling. And please listen. uh, Tomorrow night we're going to have Dr. Richard Clements, who's going to talk about homeopathy. And uh, he's a medical doctor, and he's got some amazing homeopathic, homeopathic remedies for um, uh, some very severe diseases. And on Friday night, a uh, professor out of uh, uh, Canada who is going to talk about uh, electrical pollution, and she's going to tell you which one of these new energy-efficient light bulbs are very dangerous to your health and which are the good ones to buy. And very cool stuff. Andrew, I want you to hold on for a sec because I want to talk to you, okay? I'll be here. But thank you so much, Andrew Goss. Andrew Goss, give your telephone number and we're out of here. Absolutely. 800-878-2646 if you want to buy gold. 800-878-2646. And if you'd like to thank you, Andrew, at the good night. And if you'd like to email me anytime, just go to oneradionetwork.com. Know the source on one radio network.